Well, I love hearing this story over and over of, of Jesus is who we celebrate during this Christmas season. And whether it's the wise men or the shepherds or the angels, they all came to worship Jesus. And over the last month, the last, we've been celebrating Advent. And, and so far in Advent, I mean, Advent is over because we have had Christmas and Jesus is here. But we've celebrated, what, what are, I'll ask the kids, since the kids were just here, up here, what, what were some of the topics of the different candles that we celebrated Advent? All right, so kids, what, what were they? Peace, very good. Emily? Kids? Yeah? Be kind. Be kind. Well, that's a good idea, but it's not one. Okay, Isa? Joy. Good. So we have peace and joy. And the other one, right after Thanksgiving, was starts with an H. You got it? Starts with an H. You have it? Honor. That does start with an H. Good. <laughs> it was hope. So we've looked at the hope of Jesus and the peace of Jesus, and we've looked at the joy of Jesus. And then last week, because we had a Christmas program, I didn't get to talk very much, or actually almost at all, about the love of Jesus. So today we're going to be looking at the God who is love. And, and so we're going to be looking at 1 John chapter 4 in, in looking at who, how God is love. Not just that God loves, but God is is love. So to give it kind of a, a good definition of what the biblical love is, we're going to watch the first half of this video by the Bible Project. So if you've heard of Jesus, you probably know about one of his famous teachings called the Golden Rule. Do to others what you would want them to do to you. And this actually is a restatement of something else that Jesus said, that the meaning of life is to love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, that's really beautiful, but what does he mean exactly by the word love? It's an unclear word in English because you can love your mom and you can love pizza. And if the word love means the same thing in both of those cases, your mom's going to feel real bad. So what did Jesus mean in his language? Well, first of all, this love your neighbor phrase is a quotation from the Hebrew scriptures where the word for love is ahava. However, the language Jesus spoke and taught in from day to day it was a cousin language of Hebrew, that is Aramaic, in which the word for love is rachma. But then, as Jesus' followers spread his teachings around the world, they translated them into Greek using the word agape. But here's what's fascinating. The earliest followers of Jesus who wrote the books of the New Testament in Greek, they didn't learn the meaning of agape by looking it up in ancient dictionaries. Rather, they looked to the teachings of Jesus and the story of his life to redefine their very concept of love. So one time, Jesus was asked about the most important command in the Jewish scriptures. And he first quoted from the ancient prayer in the Torah called the Shema. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart. So love for God is the most important thing. But then Jesus quickly followed up by saying another command from the Torah was also the most important, to love your neighbor as yourself. So which is the most important, loving God or loving your neighbor? Jesus' answer is yes. To ask the question means you don't get his point. For Jesus, they are two sides of the same coin. Your love for God will be expressed by your love for people and vice versa, they're inseparable. And so this makes it clear that for Jesus, agape love is not primarily a feeling for someone else that happens to you, like our phrase, I fell in love. For Jesus, love is action. It's a choice that you make to seek the well-being of people other than yourself. 
Jesus also went on to teach that genuine love for God and others means seeking people's well-being without expecting anything in return, especially from people who are in difficult situations who can't repay you even if they wanted to. According to Jesus, this kind of generous love reflects the very heartbeat of God. All right, so we saw here that love is not a feeling, it's an action. And I know in our world today we hear a lot about love, 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 and, and a lot of times it's it, how, how people are talking about love is it's not a choice, it's more I'm falling in love or things like that. But in biblical, in the, in the Greek and the different languages, we, we found out that, that love is a choice and it leads to action. And how loving God and loving people are part of the same love. So when we love God and we love people with God's love, that's what God is wanting. He wants us to show his love in, that, in those action ways. All right, so let's go ahead and, and open our Bibles to 1 John chapter 4. And we're going to be reading verses 7 and 8. And I know some of us could actually sing these verses. You know, how many of you, I don't need to ask how many, but I know a lot of us can sing it. You know, beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who's born loves God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. Beloved, let us love one another, 1 John 4, 7, and 8. All right, I need to teach my, I need a good, good job, but... There we go. I need to teach my kids that. That's a great, that's some great, great truth there. So that that is what we're looking at in these verses, that God, since God is love, he wants us to love others. Just like in that video, it was of the same coin. Think about on the same one side is that we love God with all our heart, all our soul, our mind, our strength, and we love our neighbor or love others with God's love. And it says that everyone who loves God has been born of God. So if, if we love with God's love, that means we've been born with God's love. We've been born of God. And, and it means that we know or we, we experience God. It's not just that we know about Jesus, that we know and experience God's love on a regular basis. We, when we experience really good things, then we want to then give really good things to others, right? When, we, when love is an action and we experience overflowing love from God, then we, in turn, can then lo- show love to others. It's not out of, oh, I need to love people because that's what God wants. No, it's because God loves us so much that then we can take his love and love others, all right? Our first point today is that the God who is love loves us with a love to be shared. So can we share God's love with others? Because God is love, and God loves us, and he wants his love to not just be held on to by us. Oh, God loves me so much that I'm just going to hold on to it. No, he wants us to share his love with others and loving God in, in return. So loving God and loving others. But we do that with the, the love that God's given us. Isn't that great? All right, and then we're going to look at, at verses 9 and 10 here. In verses 9 and 10, 
it says, this is, how we, this is how God showed his love to us. That he sent his one and only son into the world that we might not, that we, sorry, that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So God's example of love is that he demonstrated his love. He showed his love by sending his one and only son, Jesus. Not just to come and and be born in the manger, which was what we celebrate at Christmas, that Jesus came in the flesh to be human and fully God. But that Jesus came, God sent his son, and his mission to the world was to show people how to live and show people the perfect way, the way that God wants everybody to live. And how, sadly, none of us can live that way without Jesus. And that sounds like a terrible story, doesn't it? That Jesus shows everybody how to live and nobody can do it. Nobody can do it by themselves. It's awful. We We can't live up to God's expectation. There's nothing that we can do. And I know sometimes we try. We try to do better. We try to do good things to, to kind of take away the guilt or the shame of some of the bad things we've done. We, we, we sometimes think, and our world tells us, and even some churches tell us, if you just do a little bit more good than bad, you'll be okay. Is that true? No. That's not okay. It's not if you do more good than bad. Now, if we are doing good, it is probably showing our heart. That maybe our heart is for Jesus, right? But God sent his son, the way he showed his love, the way he lavished his love on us, is that he sent his son to take our place on the cross. When we all deserve death, when we all did, have, have fallen short of the glory of God, when we have all have sinned, that God sent his only son to say, you take the place. And Jesus willingly went to the cross in love for the world, in love for you, in love for me, to show people that his sacrifice was the only sacrifice that's needed. But sadly, many people reject Jesus and say, Oh, he was just a good teacher. He said some good things, but he doesn't need to be my Lord of my life. He doesn't need to be... He, he, he's, yeah, what he did is okay, good. But no, Jesus came to die and take our place so that we can have life through him. And not just life, but eternal life. And so this sacrifice that Jesus gave us, this was how God demonstrated. This is how he showed his love. For us and for the world. And so our second point today is that, that the God who is love lavished his love by sending Jesus to us. He lavished. He gave so much love. He just is like pouring it on and on and on. And he showed this by sending Jesus to the earth for 30-something years. And, and willingly that Jesus went to the cross and died for our sins. 
But thankfully, that's not the end of the story because if Jesus was just dying for our sins and, and still dead, then we're worshiping a dead God. And what's the point of that? God is not dead. He's alive because he rose from the dead the third day. And victoriously, he is sitting in heaven, but still in communication with each of us. And he is waiting for the right moment to come back, the right moment to return and make all things new and restore the the world like how God made it with Adam and Eve. He wants to make all things, he's not just wants to, he's going to make all things new. And he's going to restore the world to how it's supposed to be, how it was created to be, before sin and, and death and corruption got involved in everything. And so we can worship a God that hears us and that is loving us. And he's demonstrated his, his love by sending Jesus to willingly take our place so that we could have eternal life. And then, and then John, first in, in the letter of, of 1 John here... We'll be talking about Jesus still today. Oh, if... Then well, he goes on in, in verse uh, 10 or 11, sorry, verses, the last part here. But let's, let's, go ahead, let's go ahead and show that video and then we'll read the verses. The second part be talking about Jesus still today if he had only said things like love your enemy. This is how he actually lived. Jesus was constantly helping and serving the people around him in very practical and tangible ways. And he consistently moved towards poor and hurting people who couldn't benefit him in return. He showed love for the forgotten ones, the people who usually fall through the cracks. And when Jesus eventually marched into Jerusalem, he made himself an enemy of the leaders of his people by accusing them of hypocrisy and corruption. But then instead of attacking his enemies to overthrow them, he allowed them to kill him. Jesus died for the selfishness and corruption of his enemies because he loved them. After Easter morning, Jesus and then his followers claimed that it was the power of God's love for the world that was revealed in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. As the Apostle Paul put it, God demonstrated his own agape for us in this. While we were still sinners, the Messiah died for us. Or in the words of the Apostle John, God's own agape was revealed when he sent his one and only son into the world so that through him we could have life. And for John, then, this leads naturally to the conclusion, beloved ones, if that's how God has loved us, then we ought to show love for one another. So Christian faith involves trusting that at the center of the universe is a being overflowing with love for his world, which means that the purpose of human existence is to receive this love that has come to us in Jesus and then to give it back out to others, creating an ecosystem of others-focused, self-giving love. And that's the New Testament meaning of agape love. So Jesus shows us how to live. He shows us how to love. And, and that's, I, I love how the, the ending there, or I should say I like how the ending was there, uh, how, how the purpose of human existence, they said, is to receive this love that has come, in, come to us from Jesus and then to give it back to others. So get the love of Jesus and give it back. Give it, pass it on to others. And this, what they just said is that it creates an ecosystem of other-focused and self-giving love. 
And when we love with the, lav- the, the love that God lavished onto us, and then we pass it on to others, that's exactly what he wants. He wants us to be sharing his love. And so let's la- read these last two verses in verse uh, in First in, uh, John 4, and then 11 and 12. It says, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. So he already has said that, but now he's saying it again. John's saying, God's love, let's keep loving. With God's love, let's love. And then he says in verse 12, No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. So think about that last part there. Because we don't see God, how do we see God? We don't see him in the, like we don't see him physically, but how can we see God? Because God is love. It's, John is saying God lives in us, and when we love each other, then we are showing God's love, and we actually can see God in us because God lives in us. And that's actually our last point today, is that, that God lives in those who share his love. If you have God, if you have God's love in us, that means you've been born of God and you know God, John says. And that also, not just that, but God lives in us and it lives in all the people that show and share God's love and that it points people back to Jesus. It, people see, wow, look at what you did. Look, look at those actions. I can't, I can't believe that you're showing love in this way. I can't believe you, you show value to me. And I can't believe this is how you treat me in a, this kind and loving way. And whatever that looks like, people then see Jesus in you. Because Jesus lives in you. If you've accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life and are living with Jesus, he lives in us and gives us his love to share with others. You know, in these verses, these six verses, 15 times John, the Apostle John, uses the word agape, love. He says over and over and over, and I think his point here is that we need to know as Christians, because he sent this letter to Christians, and he wants the Christians to know that God, not just that God is love, but that we can share in his love and give it on to others. And our, and our main idea today is that the love of Jesus is shown by our actions. When we have Jesus' love, our actions are going to show people that we love Jesus and that, that God loves us. So the love of Jesus is shown, it's demonstrated, it's displayed by our actions. Now, if our actions are just self-motivated, oh, we just, I need to just show people love because that's what God wants me to do, that's not going to work very much. But when we're filled with the love of Jesus and we can share his love with others and loving God, actions, loving actions are just going to be flowing out from us and people are going to see Jesus in us. So the God who is love, he loves us with a love that's to be shared. And even John says, you don't know God if you don't love. You, don't, you can't really be experiencing God if you're not showing love. 
And then God lavishes his love to us. He lavished it so much, he gave it in abundance by sending Jesus to the earth. And that he was the perfect sacrifice atoning for our sins, taking the place of our sins on the cross. And that we can live through him. And that we can share his love in those in the way that we live and love others by our actions. You know, a favorite, one of our, my kids' favorite Christmas carols, we're going to end with this in just a moment, is Go Tell It on the Mountain. When I, and what I really appreciate about this song is that we go, it's not just that the shepherds were going and telling on the mountain and going and telling people, but they were excited to share the news, this exciting news with all people. But it's also for us. And it's not just for Christmas. What news can you go and share? It's the love of Jesus. That Jesus is love, that God is love, and that he fills us with love, and we can share it and pass it on to others. So when, we, when we're singing, go tell it on the mountain, I want you to also be thinking, not just the, the same way you've always thought about it, but I want you to be thinking about how we can share, not just tell, but share his love and his good news with all people, and maybe some people in specifically that come to your mind. So I just want to, as, as we close here, I want to ask you this question to ask yourself. So take a moment and ask yourself, how will I share God's love during this holiday season? Or how have I been sharing God's love? Or is there a way that God can show me to be, to be praying and showing his love to others or even beyond this Christmas season. So just take a moment and think and pray through that. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you came to show us how to live and show us how to love. But God, I pray that we would not just be people that are trying to love, muster up our own love and, and love with, with what we have. But God, that you would fill us with your love so that we could share your love with others. God, I pray for those that maybe feel distant from you during this Christmas season. Maybe they don't feel your love or your peace or your joy or your hope. God, I pray that, that you would reveal yourself in a closer way, in a real way to each person that is seeking after your heart, Jesus. I pray especially if, for those that maybe don't know you. They haven't experienced your life, your abundant life that you offer us. And so, Jesus, I pray that you would just reach each person that's watching online or, or here today. God, I pray that you would be using your, your, your love to be a way of showing people the lavishing your love to us and that we could feel your presence and your great love for us and that we won't just keep it, but we would share it with others and that we could and would go tell the good news about you and your love all over the place. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.